The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Cause Light. When you're sweating out your bets, remember to take some time to chill and grab the perfect cold refreshment, Cause Light. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is your home to the Best Ball Mania 2 contest where you can win $1 million. That's right, $1 million. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN. That's underdogfantasy.com and the promo code SGPN. Harry, a lot of speculation linking you with a move from Spurs. Is there any truth in it? Yeah, obviously. Um, yeah, of course there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of truth in it. I mean, obviously I've, I've tried to leave. Um, I mean, don't you think I've tried to leave before? Uh, you know, why would I want to stay at a club that doesn't win trophies? Uh, you know, I'm one of the best strikers in the world. I score lots of gold and I'm better than all them. All them players who, who are not good. So, uh, you know, I really want to leave. So why haven't you left already then? Uh, well, I've tried. Um, they just keep tricking me because uh, they keep they keep saying, uh, "Can you sign an autograph?" Uh, and I write my name, and then it turns out that it's a little thing called a, a contract, uh, and that means that I've got to stay. And so that's what I signed was for 25 years. So I'm stuck. I'm stuck here in prison. Uh, I mean, at Spurs, I really am. Yeah, obviously. Right. You're being linked with a big move to Manchester United. <sighs> What have I done to deserve this? Eh? What have I, what, all I do is score gold. You know, I've won the Golden Boot 15 times. You know, why would I? You know, why am I being linked with smaller clubs? You know, it's not fair. You know, why am I not being linked with the top teams like Liverpool or Man City? I don't want to go to Man United. That'd be that'd be worse than hell. Well, I'm sure Real Madrid would be interested. No, no, I, I don't want to go to Germany. I, I've never wanted to go and play football in Germany. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Hey guys, you are listening to your season wrap up here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. It's a very, very important time to follow because we have so much content coming out. You don't want to miss any of it. So make sure that you do follow that Twitter account for free plays as well. And make sure you are subscribed to get every single episode here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. Also check out my website, lockbetting.com. That is lockbetting.com. I've just taken my clients to their 96 month in a row of Transparent Track Profit, and we are looking to make June the 97th month in a row. Now, I'm going to reiterate this very, very hard here because I do mention this on nearly every single show and somehow people still don't manage to listen. The best time to sign up for LockBetting.com is at the start of the month. I had a client who signed up on the 18th of June, sorry, the 18th of May, and said to me, why am I getting billed again on the 1st of June? You're getting billed again on the 1st of June because Patreon bill everybody on the 1st of every single month, regardless of the time that you have signed up. Now, people will be listening to this and saying, why are you repeating this? Why are you repeating this? 
because I say it on every show and somehow somebody still managed to miss the very clear message. Patreon is brilliant for transparency. Transparency is key for gambling and for gambling cappers that you follow. These morons on gambling Twitter, these clowns, these liars, these frauds, they are not transparent. I have been transparent with a spreadsheet for 96 months in a row and I've delivered tr- profit for 96 months in a row. Track transparent profit. Go to the lockbetting.com site. There is a spreadsheet for every single month. It's a transparent site where people can leave comments under that spreadsheet. If there is some sort of error, it will be picked up by somebody who would see it. But that's never been the case because we are fully transparent. The pin tweet on the at SGP soccer feed. That Twitter account, sorry. It's always the uh, previous month. I am fully 100% transparent. However, the issue with that and the issue with using a fully transparent site where, which allows everybody to comment and um, converse with each other is that you do get a site that builds the way that Patreon build. Therefore, their billing cycle is the first of every month, regardless of when you sign up. That is because some creators on there have back content which is still valid. There will be some guys that produce music. There'll be some guys that produce written material. There will be porn girls on there. And obviously you can still go and watch their, their content and it's still valid no matter what time you sign up. My content is time sensitive. Gambling picks that have already expired. If you sign up on the 18th of May, the picks that, that went out on the 15th of May or the 3rd of May or whenever, they are completely invalidated. That's why it's not a service that really is useful for gambling clients unless you sign up at the very start of the month. Now, there have been some months where we've had a slow start and we've had an incredible end to the month. Now, obviously, if you do take that chance and sign up on us having a, a great end to the month, then it's still worth it. I mean, the sign-up fee is nearly always covered within a week. We very rarely have losing weeks. Last month was a little bit tough. It was heavily backed up by the futures, but not as backed up as I wanted it to be because we did have futures that fell short on the last hurdles, such as uh, Manchester City and Manchester United to win in Europe. Man United failing to win the Europa League and Manchester City failing to win the Champions League was bad for our futures that we rode all the way through to the end. And uh, we were able to uh, hedge out to some extent on Manchester United, but we rode Manchester City and we were punished for it. So... Um, we did have very, very good. Se- we'd have a very good season with the futures, which we'll talk about in a minute. But we didn't win as much as I wanted to because of those shortcomings at the end, at the final hurdles. But that can just happen sometimes. Um, I think we've won enough over the course of the season to justify our incredible futures record. And for me to say, do not miss futures. Do not sign up and not play the futures. And if you want to get the futures this month in particular, sign up right at the start because the French Open is underway. You'll still be able to get on those futures. You may have lost some of the value because we are getting into the third round, but you can still get on those futures. There will be futures for Wimbledon in the tennis and there will be a plethora of futures for Euro 2021. Euro 2021 is on the horizon. There will be incomparable coverage here on the sports, on the soccer gambling podcast. There will be no comparison with any other platform in terms of uh, sports betting on this event. We'll be, we're going to be doing a podcast every two days. And leading up to the tournament, we are going to be covering every single group. And then we are going to be having an individual future show coming out. So you're going to have seven shows before the tournament even starts. And then you're going to have a show every two days. As I said, you can't compare it to anybody out there. And you can't compare anyway in terms of me and any other soccer cappers because I've buried these guys for seven years. 
And this will mark my seven-year anniversary here on the Sports Gambling Podcast with this tournament. And if you want to get all of my official picks, all of my futures, you need to head over to LockBetting.com and sign up at the start of the month. So looking at this season recap, I have to hold my hands up and say it was the most difficult season we've ever had because of um, the COVID restrictions, no crowds being there. Um, Not just that, the scheduling. The scheduling was horrendous. Teams constantly playing two games a week. In the middle of the season, we hit a really nice run of, um, of hitting unders. We were on the right side of that run where we started to see the unders were cashing quite readily. And before there was any huge adjustment to it, we had a period of just hitting under, 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 under. 70% at a time, the games were going under. And we were very, very successful via that period. The locks. Now, um, if you add the futures that I gave out at the start of the season to the locks, we've ended up with a record here of 38 and 15. Now, that isn't good for me in particular, but overall, when you compare it to to other podcasts or anybody else that provides soccer picks here, um, the EPL show ending up 38 and 15 is a very, very good return here at the end of the season, going two and one with the futures as well. The Bundesliga, the future that we gave out for that wasn't as successful, but the overall record in the Bundesliga this season was very, very impressive. The the loss of the um, Dortmund to win the league without Bayern Munich future did take that did did take us on to double digit losses for the Bundesliga, but the overall record for the season was still twenty nine and ten with the Bundesliga. And last year when we started Bundesliga, we were seven and three. So we have been very successful with Bundesliga. Whether people want Bundesliga to continue or not remains to be seen. If you look at the Bundesliga this season, we once again saw Bayern Munich romping to the title and I see absolutely no evidence for a title race next season in Germany. So if you guys just want to make money because we have a very good understanding of the league, when games are going to go over, under, how teams are going to play and you you just enjoy the action of a action-packed league, then we will continue to cover the Bundesliga. As I said, it's been successful for us on the lock front. It's been successful for us on a a week-to-week basis with the leans. However, for me, when I'm looking at the Bundesliga season and I'm looking at the the situation in Italy, yes, Inter Milan did go on to, to win the league. Juve had won it for nine years in a row previous to that. However, you have to think that um, with Inter Milan selling a lot of their players because of the budget cuts now and Antonio Conte leaving, Inter Milan probably aren't going to retain that title. At least they're not going to retain it comfortably. So we are 100% going to see a title race in Italy, especially when you look at that cluster of teams behind. There wasn't too much separating the likes of uh, Napoli, who ended up missing out, Juventus, Atalanta, AC Milan. So any one of these teams, you could argue, could win the that could win the Italian league next season. So Serie A is going to be fascinating. Jose Mourinho taking over at AS Roma. So I think that would be an interesting league to cover. It goes without saying the Liga will be interesting as well because at the end of the season, we had 
both teams in Madrid challenging for the league. And we only had Barcelona dropping out the week before. At one point, we had Atletico Madrid as a 1-40 to favourite. They then moved out as a 2-1 to underdog with Barcelona installed as favourites. But Barcelona having a calamitous end to the season, failing to beat Real Madrid, losing that game, failing to beat Atletico Madrid and then having a poor run of results in the last three games. So they really blew it. And they allowed Atletico back in. And Real Madrid, they couldn't capitalise on situations either. But the back and forth of that title race was, without a doubt, one of the most fascinating in Europe. One of, because we also had a title race in Spain, with Lille stealing the title from PSG because of PSG's poor results against the top teams this season. And uh, for me, that's absolutely inexcusable. And I do think we will see Pochettino leaving that. And it'll be interesting leaving that team. And it'll be interesting to see where Pochettino winds up. And it'll be interesting interesting to see who takes over at Paris Saint-Germain. I believe after leaving Real Madrid, it could be Zinedine Zidane. But but, um, I don't think France will be overall a very interesting league to cover. I do think PSG will run away with it. And I think it will just be more interesting to always see what happens with PSG in the Champions League. Because that is the one thing that they want to win. And off the back of losing that Champions League final this week, Manchester City have still not won the Champions League. So it remains the epic failure of both PSG and Manchester City who cannot get over the line. Something that I've been re-emphasising all throughout the season. But I just really felt that it all opened up for Manchester City this season, especially with them sorting out their defensive frailties. I thought it would be difficult to stop them, but Chelsea somehow managed, which brings us on to the EPL. The EPL in itself is going to be fascinating this season because Chelsea have gone on to win the Champions League. Chelsea have had a resurgence on the Thomas Tuchel and you have to consider them title contenders to challenge Manchester City much more tightly than they did this season. You also expect an improvement from Liverpool who played the whole season without Van Dijk and Gomez. Their fans automatically think that when those players are back, they will have a resurgence and once again automatically challenge for the Championship. What about Manchester United who finished second in the table this season? Well, the the argument will be that this is as close as Manchester United have come since Alex Ferguson left to winning the league and with the investment into the club with three or four more new players, maybe even less, Manchester United could make the investments to to make up that uh, to make up that deficit and actually challenge for the league. So the EPL is going to be fascinating regardless. It's a no-brain. It's the biggest league in the world and the EPL show will be a forever show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast and the Soccer Uh, Sorry, on the Soccer Gambling Podcast and the SGP Network. So the EPL will be a forever show. We had had a real interesting season until Manchester City ran away with it. We actually had nine different leaders this season in the EPL, which was interesting. We had Leicester in the top four throughout the season and they dropped away. The top four race was something that remained interesting to the end. What we didn't have this season was a relegation race. I think next season we will have that again. For me, there could be seven or eight teams that feature in that relegation race. And I don't just look at any of these newly promoted teams um, out of either Norwich City or Watford or Brentford and look at them and say there is an automatic relegation contender there. Just like I I identified Fulham and uh, West Brom very early this season, I don't quite feel the same way about any of those teams. In fact, surprisingly, I think if there was one of the teams that come up where I would say I think they will go straight back down. It's actually the team that won the league. It's Norwich. Norwich are are known to be a yo-yo club. Norwich are known to not make the significant investments to stay 
in the EPL. And if Norwich don't learn from the past, they're destined to repeat their history. And that will be Norwich City going down again and confirming their status as a yo-yo club. So unless Norwich City do things differently and we see significant investment in the summer, then we may see them going down. But how can you make significant investment in the summer when you haven't had any gate receipts for so long? So it's a very, very difficult time. And we see that throughout the summer. We will see teams buy players. We know teams are desperate to buy players. We know that Haaland may be in the shot window. We know that Harry Kane will be in the shot window. That was a joke at the top of the show. But who can afford to match the asking prices? Will we see these players going for significantly less? There's already something out there. There's already reports out there saying that um, Borussia Dortmund will have to take the cut price on Jaden Sancho this summer. He could be going for around anywhere around 80 to 73 million pounds this summer, as opposed to the 105 million pound price tag, 120 million euros that was put on his head last seat last summer when Manchester United didn't want to pay that price. But now you could be looking at getting the same player between 73 and 80. I think it's very, very, it's looking very, very likely that Manchester United will sign Jaden Sancho. But we don't know the future destination of Harry Kane. Looking at Sergio Aguero's exit to Barcelona, you'd have to think that it's a ready-made fit for Harry Kane to go to Manchester City. But Manchester City are also the front runners to sign Erling Haaland. Erling Haaland is... Um, is still a Borussia Dortmund player and Borussia Dortmund are adamant that Erling Haaland will stay but Erling Haaland has roots at Manchester City with his dad being a Manchester City player and Manchester City obviously now have that vacancy if they do make that commitment to sign Harry Kane who is older than Haaland but still going at around about the same price if you believe the reports it doesn't make too much sense I don't think for them to sign Kane when you can probably get Haaland or if you wait a year you can get Haaland for a little bit less so it's all going to be very interesting around those three players. There's obviously other players all around Europe that are rumoured to be going places. We'll be um, looking at that once we come back with our season previews in July. But keep an open mind about everything here. We are going to do a poll. And the main thing that I'm trying to get out here is that Germany will be... A, a very one-team league again. I don't see this challenge coming from Dortmund. I don't see this challenge coming from Leipzig. So whereas you can cash on the league, um, that th- there isn't going to be much competition in terms of who wins it. Although we did have a very interesting uh, relegation race in Germany this year. So there will always be things that, that hold your interest in any league. I'm by no means trying to sway you and trying to talk you out of the Bundesliga at all. But when we cast the poll, just bear in mind that I'm pretty much guaranteeing you that there will be a very, very fascinating title race in Italy next season. And of course, um, in La Liga as well, it's very difficult to, to, to point at any one of those top three and say, I think this is going to be Barcelona's year now. I think Real Madrid are going to do it because they've got Carlo Ancelotti as their manager. I think that um, Atletico Madrid are going to retain the title. They have the momentum now off that win. I wouldn't say that was a momentum-like win. If they had rode on, uh, rode, rode on and uh, carried on their momentum from when they were the 1-40 to favourites and wrapped, that, wrapped up this title in March and April, you would be looking at them as a formidable force that would be a good contender to retain the title. I definitely don't think that's the case when they stumbled and fumbled all their way through and needed to win their final three games to see it through. They even needed to come back from a goal down on the final day. If they've shown anything, it's balls, guts and resilience, which is the epitome of their manager. They do symbolise their manager in their play. And I think Diego Simeone needs to be applauded for that from taking the title away from these big two. 
So this is going to be an interesting league, but it's a fading league at the same time. I don't think that we're going to see a La Liga winner win the Champions League for, for a while. I think it's going to be a long time before we see that. So if you're covering La Liga, you are getting a title race. You could even make a case for Sevilla getting themselves into it. So it's going to be fascinating throughout. But I think, as I said, Spain is a fading force and it isn't going to provide you with a Champions League winner. Uh, I'm not going to add the French League to the poll. Any league that doesn't win, of course, over at LockBetting.com, we are going to continue to deliver you guys the European show every single week. The European show is where we go all around Europe. We look at all of the games and we pick a small selection of games that we like, that we have leans on, and then we break them down on the European show. So that is going to continue. We are also going to deliver future shows for all of the leagues that don't win out on the votes. But it is very important to to really think about all of these things once the vote goes out in terms of what you may get in the future for next season. As I said, some people might not give a shit. We've gone 7-3 and three with a lot record. We've gone 29-10 and 10 with a lot record in the last season. And the leans have been strong on a week-to-week basis. If you just want to make money, it might make sense to stick with the Bundesliga. You might not give a shit that the team, that the same team win this league every single season. That might not bother you because on a week-to-week basis, if you're cashing, you're cashing. And if you're cashing, you are happy. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move off that here. They are all the variables that will go into the vote in terms of what we will cover here as our second show. The EPL, as I said, will be the automatic. We've looked at all of the reasons why there could be a fascinating title race there. And um, it'll be interesting to see in terms of who comes behind this pack because it took till the final day of the season for the top four to be assembled as the usual suspects. I had a futures bet at the start of the season to say that uh, Man United, Manchester City, Liverpool and Chelsea would be the top four in any order. But it was basically, if it was, if we still continue to bet with betting slips, which was where we walked into our bookmakers with a slip of paper, wrote down the bet and handed it in and held onto your ticket. I know they still do that in Vegas. We don't really do that here in the UK anymore. But if we were holding onto a ticket, we would have been that ticket when Liverpool were in such poor form. They lost six home games in a row, which was unthinkable when coming into the season, Liverpool were unbeaten for an entire season on their own patch. In fact, they hadn't lost at home since 2017, so they actually did that in back-to-back seasons. But um, to lose six in a row, you were basically tearing up that ticket. But it was a combination of Liverpool finding some form and Leicester slipping away uh, at, that allowed Liverpool to make that come to fruition. Are, Liverpool, are Leicester going to remain there this season? Are they going to build off their FA Cup? Are they finally going to get into the top four? Who and what are Tottenham going to be? Are they going to be with Kane? Are they going to be without Kane? Are they going to be with Antonio Conte? Is Pochettino going to return to the team? Are they going to return to the top four? Are they going to continue on a downward spiral? What's going to happen to Arsenal? Because Arsenal decided to give Mikel Arteta all this time and um, he still finished ninth, the same place he finished the season before. But of course, the season before he won the FA Cup. Is it acceptable for an Arsenal manager to finish ninth? Are Arsenal even in the conversation anymore? How many Arsenal players get into your Premier League eleven on a week-to-week basis when you look at Arsenal playing against the other teams in the top six that we just talked about? And the top six at the moment, I consider Arsenal to be outside because I think when you're looking at the top six, despite the fact Tottenham didn't finish there, I think you're looking at them here as one of the top six teams. And then you're looking at Leicester and the usual top four. But Arsenal, once the once the bookies make their odds for the season, Arsenal will be above Leicester. And when you're looking at those markets to win the league without the top six, Arsenal will be in it and Leicester will not be in it. 
But do Arsenal continue to deserve this this kind of respect? And are the expectations on Arteta too much? And how long will Mikel Arteta last? I think it's very likely that Mikel Arteta could be the first manager to go in the new season. Um, and the other suspect I would put up there is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Because if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer doesn't make a winning start, and if he makes the same start he made last season, and it looks like Manchester United's title race is over after six games, then Manchester United could make an immediate change. It's just interesting to me that Manchester United aren't considering any kind of change now with Antonio Conte available. Because once Conte fills some sort of vacancy, be it Tottenham, be it possibly PSG, we know it won't be Real Madrid now, then Antonio Conte is off the market and then you are limited to what is out there and available. Is Zinazine Zidane the right fit for Manchester United if he's available? Is Pochettino the right fit for Manchester United if he's available? Should Tottenham Hotspur be hiring a higher calibre manager than Manchester United? Is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who has done a good job, going to get Manchester United over the line in terms of winning any major trophies while he's at the wheel? Is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer a Premier League winning manager? Chelsea decided Frank Lampard wasn't. Chelsea decided the project to implement one of your ex-players as your coach and put him mean didn't work and they had much better results with Tuchel as we as we headed towards the second half of the season from out of nowhere from ninth place he guided his team into the top four and they already had Champions League football secure before they went into the Champions League final where they beat Manchester City in the final do Manchester United new do Manchester United now need to make that difficult decision already I think if they haven't made it by now off the back of the Europa League defeat I don't think they will I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will continue to be in charge and I think he will get some investment from the Glazers especially when you're looking at the protests from the Manchester United fans that will be a message and that will be a message that can be quiet down very easily I understand that there's a lot of green and yellow symbolism there and the Glazers don't separate what Manchester United's all about and um, and the fact that they are stealing money from the club and using the and and using the uh, the profits to to pay off their their other interests etc I understand all that's going on and I understand that will still be a thing even if Manchester United are funded correctly in this transfer window but I do think a lot of these supporters will go quiet to the sum of 250 to 300 million pounds if that investment has come in. If Manchester United win the race to sign Harry Kane or Cristiano Ronaldo returns to the club, because I don't think he's going to be a Juventus player next season if things continue as they are. Um, Jaden Sancho looks like a guaranteed signing. Rafa Varane is somebody that Manchester United are targeting this season. Could Real Madrid let Varane go as David Alaba is now at the club? Does that mean they now have cover and they can cash in on their £60, £70 million defensive asset? Do they need Rafa Varane at the club or do they need the money? I know them. they are very much galactico orientated club and this is a team that are desperate to secure the signing of Haaland or Kylian Mbappe from PSG and um, people may look at that and go why would Kylian Mbappe want to go from PSG to Real Madrid because you don't improve as a player at PSG you don't improve in the Farmers League winning easy games every single week there's a reason I think why they find it difficult to transition into the Champions League where suddenly the competitive edge is raised 150% from the Farmers League games you have and they haven't even won the Farmers League this year if you look at Neymar as a PSG player. Do you look at Neymar and think that this is a man who's a better player since he left Barcelona? Is this a player that achieved his dreams to win the Champions League and to win the Ballon d'Or because he became the number one player at PSG? No. If anything, Neymar's worse 
Neymar has underachieved. Neymar is less effective. Neymar is now more disliked and hated than he's ever been. Neymar is labelled as a crybaby and as a player who doesn't influence big games. Does Kylian Mbappe want to be in that box? Is Kylian Mbappe going to achieve his dreams here playing for Paris Saint-Germain? Now, I know it's difficult to chuck that one at Kylian Mbappe because he's a player who who has already won a World Cup at his age. So it's ridiculous to throw um, questions at Mbappe and question his ambition when he's already a World Cup winner. But I guarantee he wants to win the Champions League and I guarantee he wants to win the Ballon d'Or. And it would be a lot more difficult to do it in the Farmers League at PSG where you win the league easily every season, and this season you didn't, uh, as opposed to making the move to Real Madrid. So I think in the future that's going to be very interesting for for Kylian Mbappe. And I think it'll be interesting to see what Real Madrid do in this transfer window in the next two years because they are always known as a club that will sign the Galacticos. If you look in the past, they have had... um, the um, the fat Ronaldo there. They've had the they've had Cristiano Ronaldo there. They've had Zinedine Zidane there. Roberto Carlos, uh, David Beckham, Michael Owen. All of these players have gone to Real Madrid. Um, I've just ne- mentioned uh, Roberto Carlos as the attacking player when he's a left back among these um, forward thinking Galacticos. But I guess that goes to show uh, what kind of player Roberto Carlos was from from a left back position. But the point is still valid. This is a kind of team and this is the kind of support that are expecting that big attacking signing. And if they have to sacrifice Rafa Varane there, it's not far-fetched that he will be part of the rebuild at Manchester United. And I think rebuild in itself is a little bit of a of a strong word in terms to, to, to dictate what's going to happen at Manchester United. I think there's been rebuilds in the past, but I think the overall... The overall consensus is that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is close. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is close to, 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 to challenging for this championship. Not winning, but I think United fans are at least looking for a challenge. A real challenge that goes down to the final two weeks where we haven't dropped off this season. And if you look at the big drop-off for Man United this season, it was a cluster of results where we lost to Sheffield United at home. We failed to beat West Brom away and we relinquished the lead against Everton from 3-1 up to a 3-3 draw. I think if you take those points, you are in the title race. And with a top defender, uh, more substitutes that you can make, such as bringing in a Jaden Sancho or utilising Greenwood as a bench player or, or cashing in on the likes of Lingard and Martial as well to bring in more, more stronger and more Manchester United type players into those positions, you can possibly pick up those points that you need to make a real challenge. And I think that's what Manchester United will have to do. But I think this will be Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's last season to do it. And um, I think Man United will be one of the more interesting teams to look at this season. And look, overall, the EPL is going to be interesting. It always is. If you don't get a title race, you get a battle at the bottom. If you don't get a battle at the bottom, you get a battle for the Champions League. And obviously... Looking at the success of the English clubs in Europe this season, I think that will continue to be to be a thing. Uh, it's very, very difficult to look at the English clubs, the Chelsea, the Man United, the Liverpool, the Manchester Cities of this world, and look at them and say, none of these are going to win the Champions League this season. They are going to be toppled by a team in Spain, Atletico, Barca or Real Madrid, or all of a sudden you're going to get a challenge from Italy with Inter Milan now reducing their budget with Juve looking like such a mess and could possibly being without Cristiano Ronaldo next season. I think if you're looking at a non-English winner next season in the Champions League, you have to be looking at Bayern Munich. I think Bayern Munich 
from their situation, um, from, from their perspective, they may be looking at that and saying, we only went out of the Champions League because we didn't have Robert Lewandowski. And that is a very, very valid argument. This team, without Robert Lewandowski, went out against Paris Saint-Germain in a rematch of last year's Champions League final by the away goals rule. Now, that is very, very harsh. Had Robert Lewandowski been there, you could be rest assured they probably would have won that game. They may have even gone on to beat Manchester City and they may have won the Champions League final against Chelsea. So they'll be feeling like that is certainly their priority to regain the... um, the Champions League next season. And as I reiterated here many times on the show, I don't think there will be a major title race in the Bundesliga next season. I think this Spy Munich side will be looking to do what they usually do and wrapping up this title as early as they possibly can and looking at reclaiming the Champions League. So for me, the Champions League is going to centre around Bayern Munich versus the EPL. But the EPL will always be the front runner at the moment because that's the way football has gone. The, the, the more money in the game and the more and the more and, and the more that it can go towards a, a certain place. And in this instance, it is the EPL. They have the biggest TV rights, so therefore their clubs do have the most money. Therefore, they have the most uh, money available to invest in players. That is why we are seeing a discrepancy at the moment in terms of the EPL strengthening and other leagues weakening around them. But whereas the leagues are weakening, I still cannot argue that Bayern Munich are a strong, strong force. And likewise, if you look across to, to France, PSG should be a contender. If they can get over this hoodoo of the Champions League where it's such a difference in quality from playing in your easy league to all of a sudden playing in the Champions League, um, they, they should be able to make themselves a contender. But I just think there's an inherent problem here at the core of the club where... You don't compete hard on a week-to-week basis and suddenly you have to get yourselves at a different level for the Champions League. I think until that changes, I don't see PSG winning the Champions League and I think they would benefit from the improvement of the likes of a Lyon or a Monaco in their league, but I don't think that's going to happen and therefore I don't think that's going to come to fruition. I always think there's going to be a big gap between the likes of Lyon and Monaco and, and even Marseille. And if you look at the team that won the league this season, Lille, Lille won this league in massive debt and are having to sell a whole load of their players. So Lille, not only will they not compete for the league next season, Lille probably won't even finish in a Champions League position in France next season. Now, remember where you heard that. Remember the show I said that on, because I say a lot of stuff on these shows that um, that people don't seem to remember. And just because stuff is not going out as an official pick doesn't mean you need you shouldn't read between the lines here of the show, because there are no official picks on this show. But I've said a lot of stuff, and if you're not here taking down notes of what I'm saying, then just downloading this very show is, is completely pointless for you. So j- j- just bear that in mind. So... I think we, we've done enough of a recap here. We've talked about a lot of things, talked about all the leagues, talked about transfers, talked about how the leagues may play out. We've given you a lot of food for thought in terms of voting on what league you want us to cover here next season between La Liga, between Serie A, between the Bundesliga. So um, so bear that all in mind when you make your vote as we look forward to next season and we'll be back with our previews round about July. So make sure that you tune in for that. But as I said, the thing that you definitely, definitely don't want to miss out is anything for these Euros. A major tournament in the summer is always excellent. We've waited an entire year for this one and uh, it is going to happen and we are going to be delivering you a podcast every two days. And of course, as I said, the future shows are going to involve covering every single group and then we're going to have an overall future show as well. Do not miss out on that content. 
subscribe to the Soccer Gambling Podcast and make sure you follow the Twitter account at SGP Soccer. And if you want to be a part of Lock Betting in the 97th month in a row, sign up now over at LockBetting.com. That's it for me and your wrap-up show. Good luck with all your bets as always. And thanks for listening.